Welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool, and I am joined, as always, by my brother from another mother, Mr. Andy Crow, down there in Kentucky. Andy, what's shaking? Not a lot. We've had some storms. Um, some bad storms actually roll through. We're pretty lucky to to still be standing. Um, which also our old neck of the woods, they got hit pretty hard too. And, uh, you know, Sullivan, Indiana, uh, took the brunt of that. So definitely want to encourage you guys to be praying for that community. Um, not to start off on a somber note, but that's, you know, that's what's been going on. Way to Uh, rain on the podcast parade. Dude, it has rained here for like four days straight. I'm going to rain. So Uh, it was, it was 75 on Tuesday. Yeah. Snow snowed on Wednesday all day long. Yeah. So it was like 80. I think we hit 80 on Wednesday here. And then in the fifties today, like my, my, my knees and joints can't take much more of this. I need, <laughs> I don't care if we stay cold. I don't care if we get warm, but I need us to pick one. Um, Welcome the, to middle age. Joys of the Midwest spring where you get all four seasons in one day. Yeah, we uh we got a taste of fake spring, and then I think we're gonna get real fake spring this weekend. And then uh Dr. Wife saw a meme yesterday and she was reading to me and it was like, Welcome to spring. It's gonna last two days, and then it's gonna be summer for the rest of the year. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, but no, um, I I noticed that on our our pregame banter that we do, uh, people that I'm just I'm just gonna start recording that and putting those out as eps. Yeah, those are, that's gonna be the extra where you pay for it. I think that's right. Doctor Wife will hit me about that, but anyway, you know, people who are really good at podcasting. I don't know that we're there yet, but people that are really good at podcasting, they probably spend like tens and twenties of hours getting their crap together, right? And then I think about us, and we spend hundreds of seconds <laughs> getting our stuff together. And it shows. <laughs> there are some weeks that we're we're definitely better than others. Maybe I'll try Chat GPT next week. I'll be like, "Hey, write me a a, a, <laughs> a script for our podcast. Let's see what happens." Oh man! But uh, no, we have fun. I think that's what matters. Absolutely. I think we get our point across. Um, Doctor Wife did tell me we needed a producer because I don't know what episode she's on. She's a few behind. Shame on her. But uh, she was like, you tried to quote something the other day, and you didn't even say the quote right. I was like, well, I didn't okay. have it. But, like, I just want to be like, honey, you've known me for 17 years. I most of the time don't get the quote right. I'm in the ballpark. Well, well I just want to encourage all our listeners and Dr. Wife to go to your favorite podcast platform, like if it's Apple Podcasts, and give us a five-star review. Or. Is it, ooh, did you just hear my dryer? Because it yes. scared me. That <laughs> it did. Scary. Maybe my maybe my blanket's dry. Um, yeah. Please, please, please love us. 
That's all we ask. Although, I don't care. One star or five star reviews, that'd be a pretty good app to read what people really think. It's like main tweets like The Late Show, where people tweet mean stuff about you and then you go on and read it. Yes. I can only think of a couple people that would send us mean tweets, though. Well, there are no more mean tweets because that that got solved in the 2020 election. Well, you went there. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We're canceled. It was a good good run. I guess I'm going to have to call Bryce now and see if he wants to come on with me. (laughs) Moses. A sad clown on my mantle that's sweeping. He just shook his head and said no more. <laughs> uh, it was a softball down the middle. I couldn't help it. Oh, man. And you swinging a long fly ball. Well, I did see uh, your your favorite, you know, the first guest we had on the show, one Mr. Andrew Jones. Got is, out he's getting his number retired finally from your team. He is. I um, so this is probably going to change some opinions of people uh, about me, or maybe it's just going to confirm what they already knew. I'll um, just use another hot take. It's okay. Yeah. So, I I'm way too emotionally invested in the Braves. Mm-hmm. Um, have been my entire life. Like my kids are named after some stuff. It's ridiculous. Um. But I read that I was sitting in my office, right? Uh, uh, for those of you somehow that don't know, I'm a parole officer. Um, I deal with some some pretty hard people, and I have to be, you know, not podcast Andy sometimes in the office. And so I'm sitting in this office, and I I come across the tweeter, and I see that, and I got a little teary eyed. Ah, oh, softy. I remember watching his first game and I remember the 90, I believe it was 96 when he hit a home run, the youngest player to ever hit a home run in the world series, right off the Yankees. And just knowing then like this dude's going to be something. And then wishing I could play defense. Like, and so he there of all time. And so, you know, it's a much-deserved thing that I think they took a little too long to do. And now if we can just get him in the Hall of Fame. Uh, because here's my hot take. He is the greatest center fielder, not hitting, but greatest fielding center fielder of all time. The greatest defense is probably what I should have said, the best defensive center fielder of all time. My dude won 10 straight gold gloves. Yeah, I'd give you that. Like, I, I think out of center fielders that I've seen play with my own eyes, it'd be between him and I'm going to vomit, but Bernie Williams. But I don't think Bernie had the defense. I mean, No, was- Bernie did not have the defense. He had the pop. Bernie was good. Don't get me wrong. I like Bernie Williams. I did a whole report on him in my Spanish class. Um, <laughs> In college and I had to do it in Spanish and somehow I got an A on it but shout out Bernie Williams no but I think I think I think if you put offense with it Junior Griffey is 
is is is above him. But I think if you look at strictly fielding and and what he meant to his pitchers, um, you can't you can't overlook Andrew Jones. Like there, I don't think there's anybody that eclipses him. No, I, I think you're. I think you're. So, I, I think that's a valid statement, even though I hate to say it. Right. That's right. But I will tell you this about being emotional and having emotional ties, right? So I, I have the same emotional tie to the Mets. And I can remember 2006, game seven, um, you know, game seven that the Mets and the Cardinals and watching Carlos Beltran strike out and just sitting on my couch in my living room alone crying. Man, and that was most of the 90s for me. Yeah, and that was the NLCS. They were one strike away from the series. I remember, and and honestly, I loathed Charlie Hayes because he caught the final out in the 96 World Series. And mm-hmm. I remember we were living in Pleasant Ridge um, in an old farmhouse with my mom's boyfriend at the time. And I remember... Just when that when that ball was caught, me just falling into the floor, and I can hear my mom go, "Hey, it's bedtime. Go to bed." And I didn't move. I just sat there and mm-hmm. cried. Yeah, I was in seventh grade. I think that was my seventh grade year. In '98, when we lost in the, to the Padres, to when the Padres got demolished, like the '98 Braves should have won everything that year. Yeah. Like that team, I mean, Morgan Wallen, speaking of canceled, Morgan Wallen wrote a whole country song about yeah, the 98. He, he's back. He ain't canceled no more. They tried. But uh, actually, I'd never listened to a Morgan Wallen song. Never. Until somebody started hearing about the 98 Brave song. And now now I'm a full-on fan. Like he's, His music's pretty good. So, shout out to whoever told me to listen to that. But we have hijacked this with sports real quick, didn't we? We have. And I think it's just, I'll just say this, and we could get on to other topics. I think out of all the sports, right, sports can bring out emotions in folks. But aside from, I think when Jordan, when the Bulls won the championship after Jordan's dad died and he laid on the court after the final shot and held the ball and cried, that brought yeah. some tears to my eyes. It's only been baseball that's ever really Giving yeah. me that emotional, like tears. Like I've cried in stadiums, you know, in, in 2007 when the, the Rockies, I was at the the game when the, the Rockies had the one game playoff against the Padres when Matt Holiday had the slide, like whether or not he touched the base or not and busted up his face. I mean, it's, it's like two o'clock in the morning and I'm standing there screaming, rip my vocal cords, tears rolling down my face. Yeah, no, I mean, when the Giants beat the Patriots those two years, I got pretty excited. But I think if the Patriots would have won, I wouldn't have been, like, devastated. No, I've been excited when I liked football and everything else, but never to the point of, like, raw emotion, like tears. Good tears, bad tears. I can tell you, uh, the first game back after 9-11, where the Mets... Oh, Piazza, man! The pizza man. So I, I tell can't you, watch that without crying today. 
thing. That's the only game that I've ever been okay with the Braves losing because they that that uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was a walk off, right? No, it wasn't a walk off. So then I've got the wrong game in my head playing. But well, Piazza I, I, hit the home run, the nine eleven home run. It wasn't a walk off. Okay, but, but he did hit the home run, right? Piazza so hit the home run, yeah. So, like, I just remember sitting there watching that game because it's a nationally televised game. I remember sitting there watching that game and just with what was going on, like, that city needed that win. I think the country did, but the city needed it, yeah. The country needed baseball back. I think uh, that, uh, Yeah, that's their better statement. I think that's one of the few times that you can say, like, we needed baseball. Mm-hmm brought some normalcy and it brought like 9-11 brought us all together like i'll never forget the nine the nine twelve, right so everybody's the fear is almost over and now everybody's just coming together what mm-hmm. can we do how can we be together and so baseball was another avenue like okay so now we're all together Let's just be here with each other for this. And so that was another avenue of bringing us together. And so the city needed the win. So I was okay with them, you know, beating us that that game. But as far as the country goes, we needed baseball, I think, then. I think that's a good point you make, and I think that's a good segue. Um, And I'll say this. This might be controversial. Like, Hot take. 9-11 happens today, not the same thing happens. The way the country, whether that was false patriotism or whatever you want to call it, whatever it was, that unity that we had in that moment, I don't believe happens today. We are really trying to get canceled. No, but I mean, just look at the state of the world. Like We can't agree on whether the sky is blue. Well, it's not right now. It's dark. See, it's blue <laughs> somewhere. Maybe I'm colorblind. I'm not. I shouldn't have said that. Um, no, I, I think about disagree with you. Yeah, it just. I'm not. I hope that wouldn't be the case, and I don't. I'm not wishing for another thing like that by any means. But I, I do think that everything well, is virtue signal, virtue signaling now, and so I just. Well, I don't know. Let's go back to your original cancellation. Um, when you brought up the 2020 election, right? I don't wish for another 9-11 event. No, absolutely right? not. That was a horrible time, like living through that and being young. Through, I can't, you were, you were an adult. Uh, I, was I got not. skin in the game. I kissed my first girl at the World Trade Center. Like I was in the World Trade Center every day when I worked in New York City. I was, um, I was a freshman when that, no, no, I wasn't. Sophomore? I was a sophomore. Pretty sure I was a sophomore in one. Yeah. Anyway, um, but I, I'll say I don't wish for another 9-11 catastrophe, but what I would love to have is another 9-12. And I think, yeah. I think if you go back to the 2020 election, that's what so many people were saying, was I don't, I don't, I don't want something bad to happen, but I would really love for everybody to come together. Mm-hmm. I would really love for the right and the left to kind of lay down their arms and recognize the humanity in each other. Right. I would really love for Christians and non-Christians to kind of lay down their arms 
and to stop trying to bully each other into believing what, what each other believes and just mm. love them for who they are. And let well, them and I, I don't think we see the Imago Day, right? We don't see anybody as image bearers anymore. No, because you either like what I like or you're foolish. Mm. And so I don't, I don't know what it's going to take. I don't, you know, but there's got to be a way that we can figure out a way to have another 912. Well, and I, th- I think really that leads us perfectly into our our discussion for today. I know, because I was just about to steal the thunder and say, well, that day's coming when Jesus returns. Absolutely. Um, but again, and I think you've said it a lot. Uh, Connor said it this past Sunday. Um, we all have this conception of Jesus being this soft, lovable and he, and he was very loving and lovable, don't get me wrong. Um, but when he comes back, he's, he's, there's, there's, there's going to be violence. To quote Show Baraka in his song, A uh, Little Bit of Both, like maybe it is both, right? The, the Lord is coming back and he is bringing violence. Yeah, it's, there's going to be some vengeance. I mean, he, he said vengeance is his. So, yeah, but I think I think shifting gears a little bit with what when this episode comes out of of what would have just gone through, you know, with Good Friday um and, and Resurrection Sunday, and you look at what are the last words Jesus says. Well, in John nineteen thirty it says when he received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. And with that he bowed his head. And gave up his spirit. So what does that mean? What does it mean when he says it is finished? Because if you're looking at it from a, from just a story perspective, it's not finished, right? He comes down from the cross. They lay him in the tomb. And three days later, he's resurrected. So what? what is the phrase, it is finished? It is finished, sorry. Um, what what's he saying there, Chadwick? What what are we doing here? Well, I, I think those words, right? When he utters that statement, they're they're the culmination of his earthly mission, right? Jesus came to Earth to teach, to heal, and ultimately, right, to die for our sins. And in those last moments of the incarnate Christ, he declared that his work here on Earth was complete. Are you telling me that atonement theory is real? Sorry. Now we're gonna we're gonna get some mean tweets. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes, it's real. I know. I'm the, just bear poking. If the Bible says X, and 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 let's say okay, if the Bible says X, and for two thousand years much smarter gifted men than you and I put together have said X. Why am I going to believe somebody on Twitter who tells me why? No, no, I get you. I'm right there with you, brother. <laughs> I know. I'm just going to say, but, but no, I, I, I think Jesus finished strong. Right. And I don't want to diminish his earthly ministry or what he did, but I think that, those final words and, and his, you know, 
declaring that his work was complete as a model for us, right? To to finish strong. And in an age of, you know, I don't want to get all John Hagee on us and some end times prophecies, right? But I mean, there's, I'm not the end times guy, but man, in my life, it, it just seems it's freaky out there. Oh yeah. No, it's, uh, as dumb as this is going to sound, man, we're a lot closer today than we were two years ago. Absolutely. And so are we, are we fixed to finish strong? Well, I think if you look at, at some of the, the, the forebears, that's the right word, people that came yes. Um, of the faith, you know, Dr. Wife, we're, we're get we're waiting for the judge's decision from Dr. Wife. I'm trying to throw in big words. So people think I'm almost as smart as Dr. Wife when we all know that I'm not. Um, yeah, no, I think if you look at the, the forebears of our faith, like they are a prime example of finishing well. Uh, we've talked for the last couple of weeks about um, Stephen and his, in his stance and in the face of everything, he finished well. He, you know, he let the, he, he let the people know what he thought. He, he, he did it in a loving, but harsh manner. Um, and he didn't hide from his faith. No, you know? there was no third way for Stephen. No, there was, there was going the way of Jesus and telling and preaching the truth. And, and I can only say that because full disclosure, right? I, as a former third way preacher, there was no third way for Stephen. No, he he went nose to the grindstone, and then literally nose to the grindstone because he you know he was stoned. Um, and he he let them know what he thought when he was having it, but he, you know, he also prayed for the people that did it. And if you look at the the other disciples and the other apostles, as I pull up my notes. You know, Peter and Paul were both martyred in Rome um, under Nero. Paul was. Andrew was sent into the land of man eaters um, and he was he was killed there. Uh, he was crucified. Thomas was most active in Syria. And he was stabbed through by four soldiers. Philip was arrested and cruelly put to death because. Uh, he converted the wife of a, a Roman official. Matthew, he was martyred and stabbed to death in Ethiopia. Bartholomew, uh, he met his death as a martyr for the gospel as well. Um, there are various accounts of how that happened. James, the, the lesser of the James, if you will, um, he was stoned and clubbed to death. Simon the Zealot, uh, ministered in Persia, and he was killed because he refused to sacrifice something to a sun god. Uh, Matthias, the one that replaced Judas, um, him and Andrew were burned. Uh, and then the only apostle to die of natural causes was John. But if you look at him, it's not he, had, he was put in a vat of boiling oil and survived it. Yeah, they tried to kill him. But I mean, that dude just wasn't going anywhere. No. Um. But those men finished well. They didn't. 
hide behind false teachings. They didn't hide behind new age thoughts. They preached the gospel for what it was. They, well, they stood didn't, up. They didn't acquiesce to culture. You know, I think Correct. there's so many guys today who are who are letting culture manipulate them um, instead of staying strong and true to the word. Oh, absolutely. And and they do it for different reasons. One out of out of out of out of pressure. Um, one, you know, sometimes they'll do it out of pressure. Uh, two, they just want to be liked and and they want to build that platform. Um, and and three, <laughs> we joke about it all the time, but, but I I really think they're worried about being canceled. Mm. And so how do we how do we deal with that when when culture is telling us one thing and scripture and the gospel is telling us another how is it that we finish well how is it that we take the road of the apostles rather than the road of the conformers and how do we do that in a loving manner so obviously we're not going to look i mean with the way culture is you know, if you don't agree with somebody, then you're you're not loving. But how do we do it in a loving manner? Mm. Well, I think the answer is Jesus. Not to give you the Sunday school answer, right? But I think it's the example of Jesus, because I think we can learn from that simple phrase, right? To tell us die in, in the Greek, right? It is finished. Because Jesus... Jesus finished his mission with with incredible conviction and purpose and I, and I and I think when I make these statements let's let's just remove the divinity for a second right and just think about Jesus in his humanity because the first thing right Jesus Jesus was able to finish strong because he had a clear sense of his purpose right Jesus knew why he had come to earth and he Jesus was committed to to finishing his mission, to accomplishing his mission, no matter what the cost. Right? And I also think that Jesus was, which this is where I think is a huge stumbling block for us, that Jesus was able to finish well, finish strong, because Jesus had faith in God's plan. Right? He, Jesus trusted that God was in control, that God was sovereign. And even, even in the middle of his suffering, Jesus knew this. Right? And Jesus knew that, that his death was not the end what was the beginning of something new. Absolutely. And I, think, and I think the third example that Jesus gives us is that Jesus had, I'm sorry, has a servant's heart, right? Jesus was willing to, he was willing to endure incredible pain, incredible pain and incredible humiliation that there's no way, you know, somebody mean tweets you and, and, and we're, we're, grief stricken by right jesus took on incredible pain incredible human humiliation for us for our sakes and in those Absolutely. final moments right he think about it your your thing about alistair Begg with the with the thief on the cross right the the guy in the middle told me i could come in his final moments jesus demonstrated his this incredible love he had for humanity by offering himself as a sacrifice for us yeah and i mean that's not a little sacrifice, right? I mean, that's that's an ultimate holy cow sacrifice. I mean, that is the sacrifice that that we bank everything on. 
Now and, the reality. Go ahead. Sorry. No, and and to sit there and and who told you you could come? Well, the guy in the middle cross. That wasn't uh, be baptized and go to heaven. That wasn't uh, be baptized and take communion. That wasn't go through these confirmation classes. Yeah, jump through it, these hoops. Yeah, there are no hoops. There is repent and believe. Amen. You come, right? You get in. The velvet rope opens. The bouncer at the gate. You know, he opens that rope, and you can, your name is on the list. As a, as a side, not to rabbit hole, I know you've, uh, and we may have talked about this on the earlier episodes. I know you, you've you used a, 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 an example when you've preached on the transfiguration and called it Disco Jesus. Does the velvet rope, does the velvet rope inference come in the Disco Jesus sermon? You got to uh, tie those two together. I'm I'm pretty sure I could do that. But now, now, because, you know, used to when I was a kid, you know, you're always told St. Peter's at the gate. Yes. You know, and so now, now that I've said the velvet rope, I just picture St. Peter's standing. It's not so much a pearly gate now, but like a, like a club door. And he's got the 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 jacket. What are they called? Oh, I can't think of what the jacket is. We were just talking about them. How we both want one. Oh, starter jackets. Yeah, he's got like one of those starter jackets on, sunglasses, and the backwards golf hat and with a nineties mullet. Yeah, and he's he's got the velvet rope, and you walk up. Who told you to come? The guy in the middle, and he just takes his little clipboard, and he's like, "Found you." Reaches down and opens <laughs> the rope and come on in. Then the next guy behind him was like, you think you're getting in wearing that? Get him back in the line. That's right. Um, but think about that sacrifice, right? I'm thinking about this, and I know I know this is a kind of a controversial statement when it, it comes to I, I've seen it around a lot and had some discussions with people about whether um we should arm ourselves as Christians. But I'll say this about that, like my two cents, and I think it ties into to the sacrifice if I'm willing to sacrifice. Like I, I think that we're I think the we're we're allowed to defend ourselves. I think God gives us the freedom to defend ourselves, but I feel like I'm obligated to defend you and I'm obligated to defend others. And my defending myself doesn't mean that if you break into my house and want to take my TV, Godspeed. I'm not gonna shoot you. But if you take my loved ones or somebody I care for and you're going to harm them, then that's, I believe I have freedom for lack of a better term in doing that defense. But I also think that I know we're called to lay down our lives for our brothers. Right. But there's a handful of people that I'm willing to die for. You know, you one of them, but I, I, to do it, to do it for a, a group of strangers, people who can't stand you, Right, who spat right. on you, called you names, cursed your mother, all that stuff, right? Like, no, it, that's, that's, I, I want to have that servant's heart, but I don't, you know, and, and that's the beauty of sanctification, right? Sanctification is a, is a, is a journey, not a race. Yeah. And I think that every time I, I hear sanctification, I giggle because we have a mutual friend who I don't agree with everything that he says and his methods, 
but he's got this phrase that he says when it comes to sanctification um and it's it's always striving but never arriving mm, that's good that'll preach that that's that stuck with me ever since i've heard him say it yeah and I I appreciate that. If if that's the only thing I ever got, it's not the only thing I ever got from him. Don't don't think that. But if that was the only thing I ever got from his teachings when I when I sat under him and, and worked under him, I I'm I'm good. Because mm. that's something that that preaches every day. No, that'll preach. That's that's good. So we're never I'll hear that in the back row. Yeah, we're we're never gonna get there this side of glory. But we're always striving for it. Sandy, how how can we finish strong in the work that God's called us to do? Right? Because this isn't talking about pastoral ministry. You might be a firefighter or a bank teller or, you know, you're, you're bagging groceries at the grocery store. That, that doesn't happen where I live in East California now because there are no more bags at the grocery store. Well, I think it's important to remember that you said not necessarily pastoral ministry. Um, I, if you are a, a born again follower of Christ, you are in pastoral ministry. You may not, you may not be ordained, right? You may not have the role as pastor, but you, you are a priest, right? We all are charged man, woman, and child. Well, hold up there, Rick Warren. We are all charged with sharing the gospel, right? Don't you hold on there, Rick Warren, me. Where's your that, Hawaiian shirt? That took a, it's in the next room. That took a second to set in when you said that. That was good. But tell me I'm wrong. What's the Great Commission? Is they go and make disciples. Right. So it doesn't matter if you are bagging groceries in East California. It doesn't matter if you're a banker in Kansas. It doesn't matter if you're a parole officer in Western Kentucky. My job, day in, day out, at my job, in my home, with my kids, with my clients, is to share the gospel. Mm. And I may not at work proselytize the way people you know, are thinking when I say share the gospel, I rarely bring up God at work, but my clients know with the way that I talk to them and the way that I treat them, uh, that I care about their souls and that I want legit change for them. I had a gentleman that, that got discharged from parole, um, this week and he sent me a text today asking if, you know, he needed anything to come in and do anything. And if I've taken him out of the system yet. And, uh, you know, I just told him my response to him was, I'm, I'll get you closed out. Congratulations. You've done well. And I think that probably meant more to him than he knows how to explain. Sure. Because people that come see me, they don't get a lot of praise. Nobody celebrates the wins with them. But you would be shocked at what that does for someone's psyche. And that opens up doors that they've maybe not even thought about opening in years. Mm. So it doesn't matter if you're preaching on Sunday morning or if you're in an office Monday through Friday, right? Doing whatever you do, or if you're a, a street sweeper and a, 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 a car mechanic, 
you're called to share the gospel daily. You're called to 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 disciple and, and love others. I'm just kind of chuckling because I think between the two of us, we're struggling to pull out vocations. Yeah. <laughs> it's late, okay? But they get but what I, I'm saying. Yeah, and, and I think that the, the huge thing for us in that sense, right, is is that we have to we have to discern God's purpose for our lives, right? He's given us gifts. He's given us talents and, and there's, there's needs in the world. There's needs in our neighborhoods and communities that he's placed in our hearts. And I do think that when we have, when we have a clear sense of our mission, when we know, when we discern what God's purpose is for us, we, we really, it becomes easy that we could begin to focus our efforts and, and we could definitely make some progress toward these goals. Or make goals, even that you know we can make progress towards them. Oh, absolutely. Um, but the first thing you have to do is listen. Yeah, and I think faith comes into play, right? You, you, we have to have faith in God's plan. If you don't have, if you don't trust His sovereignty, right? If we don't have, and it doesn't mean that we have to understand because we're not always going to understand why things are going the way that they're going. Um, oh no. But we have to trust that God's in control because look at outside today, man. It's chaos. Oh, all are and not just here. No, it's it's chaos. It's it's everywhere. There's, there's God. God, sorry. I was about to say you can't turn on the news, and one place in this world things are going right. Right, and when we face those those obstacles, those setbacks, those those trials, right, we we just need to turn to him and lean on him, even in those hard times, for for guidance and strength. So even when it's not going well, right, we can still finish well. Because what happens to people who don't? Right, the world measures finishing well by success, and and you know it's grades, and and you know it's a scorecard. God, there's no scorecard for this for us as believers. God doesn't have a scorecard. No, and I think that's what makes it hard because mm-hmm. we're used as kids every nine weeks at school. What did you get? You got your grade card, so you knew yeah. how you and you knew that uh, if things are going well, something good will happen at home, and you knew that if you looked at that and things are bad, you better be good at changing F's to A's or B's <laughs> or sign in your mom's name. Uh, I got really good at that at one point. I also got in a lot of trouble for that at another point. Um, You're preaching to the back, bro, because same here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, and and then as adults, right? So all through school, we're given grade cards. And then adults, we get, you know, quarterly reviews and monthly reviews and people constantly giving us. Or at least you're you're getting an attaboy in the moment. Right. We don't really get that sharing the gospel. We don't. We plant seeds, and most of the time, the seeds that you plant, you don't see grow. Mm -mm. Right? You plant that seed and you water it and you cultivate it, if that's even the right phrase. And you you do all this to take care of it. And and so many times you don't see the fruit from that work somebody else will see that. And and so it's hard to, to see how you're doing, right? You just have to have faith that, that you're using the gifts and talents that 
that God has given you and you're following his word and you're doing it the way that Jesus did it and not a, a third or a fourth or a fifth way. Yeah, and it's, you just brought up the, the seeds thing. So I'm thinking about the parable of the sower in Matthew 13. And, you know, the, those verses beginning in three say, you know, Jesus says, consider the sower who went out to sow as he sowed some seed, fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured him. Um, other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil, and it grew up quickly since the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it. Still other seed fell on good ground and produced fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty times what was sown. Let anyone who has ears listen. Right? It's not always, you know, the birds are going to gobble up what you've planted. It's going to get scorched by the sun. It's going to wither away on rocky ground and just kind of sit there and die. But it, it, when it does take, I mean, those are what the Lord does in those situations and used you to plant those seeds. It's amazing. And the, the truth of the matter is we will never see the, we may never see the results of that until we're called home. Right. And you just have to be faithful in the moment to do what we're supposed to do. And I think some of the hardest things to do in life as a Christian is to be faithful in the moment. Yeah. And, and really be faithful Faithful that moment to his plan. Because I think we were living in a world, and I think this was true back in the, in the disciples' age, just a little different pace. But we're living in a world where the speed limit is 55 and everybody is doing 100. Like, right, our lives right now are driving through downtown Atlanta. Well, you can't do 100 in downtown Atlanta. No, because you're going too slow. Now, on my street here in East San Francisco, that's just 30. Yeah, you could do 75. I've been there. I, I can attest to that. But, I mean, I just I, – you can't slow down long enough to see what's going on. And so it's, at some point you're going to have to to get out of that middle lane where you're keeping up and get to the side and to the shoulder and slow down and just, okay, God, I'm here. Use me, right? Yeah. And this season, this job that I'm in, I, I love my job. It's very stressful. Don't don't get me wrong, but I I love my job. And so, so many times when I'm behind on my paperwork or I'm trying to get caught up and I'm I'm doing the things, there are times that I just stop and I, I look and I'm like, okay, God, I'm not here by happenstance, right? I didn't get this job because this is what I'm perfect for. Because I think, I think if you know me, I'm not. But you've got me here for a reason. So how can I be faithful here? How is it that I need to, to show your grace to my, my clients? Mm. How is it that I need to show your love to these people that I share this office with? Well, I think you bring up a good point. I think the, the other part of that, to follow Jesus's example, right. Is to, is to really to cultivate the servant's heart, right. Cause we've got to be willing to put the needs of others before our own, not just, you know, I mean, that's, a, that's a key thing in, in vocational ministry, but in the life of a believer, you have to be willing 
to put the needs of others before your own, because that's what Jesus did. Um, and that might, I mean, that might be making, you know, a sacrifice and sacrifice. That's a really subjective term. It could be, it could really mean making a sacrifice and putting yourself in a hardship. Um, but it's that serving others with love and compassion that, and when we do that, right, when we serve others with love and compassion, I, I do believe that we're we're fulfilling God's call on our lives and, and we are going to finish well. The servant's heart's not always easy. No, it's definitely. I was talking about this with a, a small group of young adults this evening about um, when we're recording this. It's actually Monday, Thursday. Um, but, you know, we talked about it personally, and I believe on a couple of episodes ago, like, Jesus washes his Judas feet, knowing what's going to happen, and then breaks bread with him. Yeah, Jesus knew, and Judas still ate. Yeah. And Jesus ate with him. Served him the food. Yeah. So. And I, so I, I think. That, I don't know. You on. No, I was just saying, I, I think that those final words, that it is finished. Right. That I think they they're dark. And when you you know, when you're going through your, you know, if, if your church has a good Friday service or you should take some time, you know, I know you're gonna hear this after Good Friday, but hopefully you're taking some time on Good Friday to really reflect on the cross and what Jesus did on the cross. But as we reflect on those final words, it is finished. That I, I think that those words are also really inspiring. Right, they're they're inspiring for us to. Um, they they should be inspiring us to finish strong in our own lives and our own walks. That's a good Stumped word. Don't you? That's a good word. No, I. Good Friday is always that day where, where I think as Christians we want to put. We want to do too much. We want to we want to overcom overcomplicate it mm. and do too do too too much. And I'm I'm guilty of that as well. Uh, and I'm sure you are, because we both tend to overthink. But I, I think if we just sit and meditate on, like you, like you said, meditate on what it means when he says it's finished, right? It, it's Two words, very simple, but very complex all at the same time. And knowing that that the work is done, but our work isn't, right? Mm -hmm. We're not working our way into heaven because that grace is being afforded to us through the work on the cross. So the, the, the major picture is done. Are you sure? Because there is a church here in the Metro Denver area that will give you $25,000 if you can go to them and prove them wrong, that it's faith is not salvation is not works-based. Anyway, what I was saying was <laughs> because of our faith, we're going to have works. Absolutely. Right? But we want those works. Oh, absolutely. And so, what does it mean for us that it's finished? And so I, I think that's really what you need to spend Good Friday meditating on. 
to to remember that yeah it was a dark and solemn day but so much joy because of that right in the starter jacket with the velvet rope <laughs> come on in the water's fine well i do want to say this right i i, I yes we we want to finish strong but we know that we we can never forget that it is only through the power of Christ that we can finish strong. Oh, absolutely. Right. We can't do it alone. So I just want to reiterate that, that there's nothing we can do that, you know, don't forget that it's only through the power of Christ that we can truly finish strong. Yeah, we're not, we're not earning that ourselves. No, sir. Well, Andy, I, uh, I bought friend of the show, Alex, a really special birthday gift this week from uh got something from saint galgano armory did you now i did i got him a uh a railroad spike bottle opener and i'm a little jealous i i think i'm gonna have to get another bottle opener to go with my rebar bottle opener but why don't you tell us a little bit about the fine folks about keith and the fine folks at saint galgano armory first of all i have both openers myself uh and they are wonderful um, and also, uh, next week, um, I think it's next week, the 15th, isn't that? Yeah, next week. Um, next week. Yep, I am actually uh, going over there and going to be making my own knife. On the 15th? I believe so. Is that Saturday? Yeah, that's the day I'm having breakfast with Bryce. Well, cool. <laughs> La-di-da. <laughs> this, this podcast along with 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 all of our others is brought to you by the the folks at saint galgano's armory um fine blacksmith and bladesmith apparel uh, apparel is probably not the right word products merchandise merchandise that's the word i was i've been doing this for how many months and i can't remember the word. sorry keith he's uh, in the fine, t-shirt business now that's right uh, fine blacksmith and uh, bladesmith merchandise. Um, everything it's it's locally owned and made here in Kentucky. Uh, and ten percent of every purchase goes back into the community in some way, shape, or form. Mm. The man has an awesome heart. Uh, just getting to know him uh, and his his story. He's got an awesome heart for giving back and and serving. And so definitely encourage you to check out his Etsy shop, check him out on social media. He's putting out some pretty cool pictures. Um, he actually did just get his, his stamp where he can put I his. I saw that. And uh, I, I think I told him that we should probably heat it up and brand you when you, when you come in just so. Brand can, me. I'm down. That way you can just be sponsored by him. all Permanently. The time. Permanently sponsored. <laughs> And you can check out their fine merchandise at uh, etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. That's etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory and Galgano's G-A-L-G-A-N-O. Uh, you could check them out on the socials uh, at St. Galgano. And you can reach out to us on Twitter at HillHipsterPod or you can email us HillHipsterPod at gmail.com. And I do encourage you on your whatever your your preferred podcast platform is give us a review and maybe that's a future app we can uh 
We can read some one-star reviews, but hopefully there won't be any because you love this nonsense that we put so much time into <laughs> in preparing. Hundreds of thousands of seconds behind our prep. <laughs> I mean, there, there are some days I may text you the night before or about four o'clock in the afternoon on a day we record. Hey, what about this? That's that's big time prep. I used to I used to giggle when when pastors would be like, I had this whole sermon planned and then I scrapped it 20 minutes before the service because the Lord moved me. I and did I that a few like, weeks ago. I've, I've done it. Um, but I feel, and it made me giggle because I was like, I always made fun of people that said that. Now I just did it. But I feel like there's been a few times where we've had episodes planned out. And really, I think tonight's one of them. And then all of a sudden we get on and we're like, you know what? We're going to talk about this. Yeah. And we just kind of pull it out. But I really, well, those are, those are the fun ones. I'm going to leave you with the, a quote from the great theologian, John Lennon. I'm going to one up your Reba. <laughs> I took some heat. I took some heat from that. But I always think about this John Lennon quote. Now, he's not probably the best human being to quote, but I think I think it's John Lennon who said that um, life happens in between making plans. So sometimes we may have planned for something, but life happens and it changes the course. So can I play devil's advocate real quick? Go ahead. I'm going to whether you say yes or no, but. You're really gonna you're gonna quote the great theologian that wanted to encourage us to imagine there's no heaven. No, it was totally. I I mean, there's probably a little vomit in my mouth, but no, I just I just remember that quote. Like that's the probably the most substantial thing that in my mind that I know I'm getting canceled now. That he probably said. I mean, you ticked off Alex by saying you didn't like Star Wars. I'm gonna tick off Alex by saying I don't really care for the Beatles. Alex isn't gonna like either one of us after this. Former listen, it's all good. <laughs> former friend of the show, I'm gonna hit him up now. But he hey, may not like he may not like us, but he enjoys his Saint Algano Armory merchandise, and that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah but we'll get him there. He'll come around. <laughs> well, Andy, happy Easter. He is happy risen. Easter. He is risen indeed. Amen. So, well, guys, glad you come along for the ride. Pray for you. Pray that you keep coming back. Uh, love on some people this week and know that uh, that we're praying for you, even though we may not know who you are. Uh, you're definitely in our prayers and uh, stay blessed. All right. Be blessed, Andy. We'll see you, buddy. I love you.